Hello and welcome to Front Page Radio with your host, international author, broadcaster, and journalist Dan Wooding, the founder of Assist Ministries and the Assist News Service. Dan, who was born in Nigeria of British missionary parents, was raised in England and later worked for some of Great Britain's largest newspapers. He has been a journalist covering the world for some 47 years now with a focus on persecuted Christians and missions. And now, here's Dan Wooding with today's guest. Welcome to today's program, and we have a fascinating guest. His name is Bishop Andrew Bills, and Bishop Andrew Bills runs the Holy Spirit Broadcasting Network in Orange, California, and he has the most wonderful, inspiring, scary story you could ever imagine. So, Andrew, thank you for being on the program. It's a pleasure, Dan. It's a pleasure. Now... Andrew, I happen to know that you were once homeless in Hollywood. I'm wondering how a person who now runs a TV network that uh, is on uh, uh, and has been watched in 185 countries (laughs) finished up in Hollywood. What happened? Well, the Lord sure has been good. Um, Years ago, I lost everything that I had. I had... Went to a job layoff, a home foreclosure, um, went broke, all the cars were repossessed, and uh, my wife left. And all of this took place over a a good portion of a year. And um, she went to live with her family who would not allow me to come. They viewed me as the one that was responsible for all the catastrophe. And with no place to go, no money, I made my way downtown L.A. and I started sleeping in the uh, Union um, Terminal. That's the the train station. train station. And many uh, nights, uh, the security guard would wake me up on the bench and tell me if I didn't get out, I'd go to jail. I'd get up and walk around the train station and come back. Being such a little guy, I thought he wouldn't catch me. Just explain, how tall are you? I'm six foot seven. (laughs) So here you are, you go back again, they kick you out again. So you finally finish up in Hollywood. Yes. Uh, Why did you go to Hollywood? Well, I thought that maybe I could find a little job over there, telemarketing or doing something. And uh, to my dismay, things got worse. And I ended up uh, sleeping on sidewalks, abandoned buildings. Um, let me tell you, it's nothing like laying on a concrete slab <laughs> at night. That really gets you. And um, we slept in abandoned buildings, uh, broken cars, any place we could lay our head down. I understand one night you sort of went into this ramshackle motel and lay down on a rather smelly old mattress and woke up and found two other people sharing the mattress. What happened? Uh, that is correct. Um, I found a mattress in an abandoned building, and I was tired, and I just laid down. And like you said, I, I woke up, and on one side of me was a a, a drug uh, um, person, a man, and on the other side was a female. <laughs> and um, I quietly got up and made my way out, and just was very thankful that I didn't get hurt or harmed. So how long were you actually homeless? About four to five months. That must have been terrible. I mean, yeah. uh, 
scary. I know you're a big man, but you know you can. You're lying on the floor, and somebody could just do a. Did you have any close shaves? Most people didn't bother me because of my height. But my height also was against me because if I begged for money on the street corners, uh, people didn't give it to me. They were too, too afraid hmm. because of my size. And they wondered if you were going to turn them over or something. Yeah. <laughs> And so, uh, you know, how I ate was right there on like on Vine Street, up and down Vine, uh, north and south of Hollywood uh, Boulevard, our sidewalk uh, hamburger stands. And I'd reach my hand in, and when people left scraps on the plate, and I'd eat the leftovers. That's so terrible. In those days, were you a believer, or had you had you backslidden, or what? I was a very backslidden believer. I was bitter. I was hurt. I was mad. I was angry, and that led me to that place. Now I understand you heard someone who has been around a while, Jay Vernon McGee, <laughs> blasting out of a radio one day when you were still homeless. What happened? I was standing right on the corner of Hollywood and Vine when a car drove by real slow, and uh, I heard Dr. McGee's voice. I had listened to that voice um, pr many years prior. And I was, the, the, the Holy Spirit arrested me just from hearing a few seconds of his voice teaching the Word of God. And what, I mean, when that happened, when you heard this, uh, this voice, did it sort of rekindle something in you? Oh, I, I broke down. The Holy Spirit moved upon me, and I began to uh, cry like a baby right on the corner. And nobody paid to no mind because someone said there's a Hollywood is full of weirdos. <laughs> so I just look like another weird person out there. But me and God were having a real encounter right there on that corner. And I asked the Lord, could he ever forgive me? Because, you know, for everything that I had done, I'd gotten into trouble. And um, my life was a total wreck. And I asked the Lord, could he ever forgive a person like me? And he said he forgave Moses for killing a man, he forgave David for killing a man, and he forgave Saul of Tarsus for persecuting the church so he could forgive me. And he said, I'm going to raise you up from the ashes like the Hebrew boys. When people look at your life, they never believe that you've been through what you did. So what was the the thing that suddenly turned you around? You uh You decided that you had to leave this homeless, terrible way of life, and you suddenly got a pretty good job. Well, no, I I got a job through a, a temp agency working in a warehouse and um, making $7 an hour, and um, this was in 2001, so it hadn't been, had, hasn't been 20 years, and um, $7 an hour. <laughs> and um, while I was there, God gave me favor with the vice president of the company, who later, a year later, I found out was a born-again believer, and he became my best friend. And um, he trusted me. I worked hard in on warehouses. If it's cold outside, it's cold inside. And I worked hard just to keep warm. He thought I was diligent. 
And I worked so hard that in six months he hired me. Another six months he promoted me to supervisor. And another six months he made me the highest paid supervisor. And I went back to college. I got my bachelor's degree. Um, and I kept getting promotions. So oh, from 2001 to 2009, uh, by the end of 2009, I was at the top of my field in the logistics business. Now, you met a lady online, a bit naughty online, uh, <laughs> and uh, she is now your wife, Anne-Marie. Yes. Um, tell us how you met Anne-Marie and then I want to hear the astonishing story of how the Lord guided you to start this uh, television and radio network. Well, I ran into a, a friend of mine who was a pastor of a church, and I told him I need to be married again. And um, he, he suggested I go online. And I screamed, are you nuts? <laughs> and he says, no, everything was created by God. It's just that the devil got involved. But if you just remain true to your faith, God will guide you. And the Lord sure did. I saw the picture of Anne-Marie. I fell in love, talked to the picture for three straight weeks. <laughs> then finally emailed her. And um, she responded back and we talked and we finally went out for our first date. Then on our second date, um, I showed them my paycheck stub. I took it with me <laughs> and I showed it to her. And she says, why are you showing me this? I says, well, I'm in love with you. We're going to get married. I'll give you three weeks to get used to the idea, but I want you to know I work for a living. <laughs> and she responded, you're mighty sure of yourself, aren't you? I said, me and God have a relationship. <laughs> uh, he puts things in my heart. I lift them back up. He answers prayer. Let's glory to God. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me explain to listeners that uh, Andrew is African-American and Marie is Caucasian. Did you have any difficulties there with your family or her family? On both sides, a lot of difficulties. But I stood up strong and uh, let people know that our once we got married, our relationship superseded any other relationship. And if they wanted to be a part of our lives, uh, they would open their arms to us or else. Mm. I drew the line in the sand. And where and when did you get married? She pulled a fast one. And <laughs> <laughs> I had gotten transferred to Nebraska on my job. She flew out there. Married me on my birthday, and she puts it so I'd never forget our anniversary. <laughs> and then you came back here. I got I got laid off. God had told me He had called me in the full time ministry. I would not. I was not going to quit my job. I was at the top of the logistics field. In in nine short years, it was miraculous all the way. And no way I was going to quit. I went from $7 an hour to making a very, very good money. Well, God took care of that. Two weeks later, the superiors from corporate came and said they had to lay off in upper management, and they started with me. Oh, yeah. So I ran around the desk and hugged my boss. He thought <laughs> I was going to hit him. 
But I heard, he said, I've never been hugged before. I said, God had spoke to me and called me in the full-time ministry, and you just helped me make the first step. <laughs> so where did you go from there? What happened? Um, I packed up everything in Nebraska, moved back here um, to Orange County with my wife. And um, the Lord said I was in full-time ministry. Uh, there was, I was not pastoring the church. And I had a desire to write. And I wrote uh, my first daily devotional, posted it up on the Internet. Two people read it. I broke out in a shout. <laughs> Do you know in six months I had over 10,000 readers? And I says, Lord, what are you doing? And then we went on Internet radio. And people began to listen to us from all over the the nation, and it was going good. But in 2014, the Lord gave me a vision that I didn't understand. And after discussing it and sharing it with five different mentors who didn't know each other, they all responded back that God was getting ready to do something in my life that would plant churches and help ministries to grow and be nurtured. Um, but we didn't know what it would be. I didn't have a clue. And this was April of 2014. So I kept wondering and seeking the Lord. Finally, Labor Day, uh, September of uh, 2014, God spoke to me and said, I want you to build me a network. And I totally understood what he said. But I voiced three objections. Hmm. Um, I says, Lord, let me educate you. I don't have the money to do this. I have no equipment. And I don't know anybody. It takes a lot of people to do this. To my amazement, the Holy Spirit spoke strong to me, loud and clear, and said, all you need is me. I couldn't argue with that. <laughs> On my knees, I failed. I said, yes, Lord. Now, you have to remember, I didn't know anything about television operation, Internet broadcasting. I spent all of September and October fasting and praying, researching, studying how to do this. I wasn't getting it. Night after night, laying on the floor, crying out to God, help me to understand. Finally, after two months, the download from the Holy Spirit came and it just clicked. It just lined up. And But then I reminded the Lord, nothing had changed. I have no money, I have no equipment, and I still don't know anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and the Lord began to speak to my heart. He says, as I brought the animals to Noah, I'm going to bring the people to you. I'm going to raise up generals out of obscurity. And when I look at this network, I'm going to see people of every background and culture, hands lifted up. Now, the Lord was blowing my mind. And this was beautiful, but scary. I, I you know, I, I didn't, you know, I, I'm understanding him clearly, but I, I'm still not understanding. And then he said, ask me, that's so all he said, ask me. And I clearly knew he meant financially. So I it took everything it 
I had, I asked him to give me $10,000 and I think I could do a little something. Three weeks later, a check shows up that I know nothing about for $43,000. And God says, I just blessed you. Now get started. <laughs> now it's Christmas of 2014 and I'm going to work lining things up. So on March 2015, March 2nd, the Holy Spirit Broadcasting Network launched its first programming. Tell me about that first day. What were the programmers? Did you have like 50 programs or what? <laughs> no, no, that came later. <laughs> there was only four of us. Uh, my wife, Anne-Marie, and I, we had a show called The Victory Report, where we would preach the Word of God and tell people if they believe God's Word, He'll move mightily in their life. We had three ladies that joined us. Um, Jackie Priestley came on board preaching his healing word, a message of encouragement of the healing power of Jesus Christ. Uh, Christina Williams with Elevated to Excellence. When you're born again and spirit-led, God is calling you to a life of not only walking in faith, but a life of integrity, which is lacking in the churches today. And then our third guest, uh, who's the closest to me, might I say, is uh, Pastor Kathy Coppola, um, whose show um, is so dear to my heart, Where the Fire Meets the Clouds. No matter what you're facing, God is the solution. Now, I have to uh, own up that I have a couple of programs on the Holy Spirit Broadcasting Network. And by the way, if you want to tune into any of the programs on this network, it's uh, hsbn.tv, and you can see them. I do one called uh, Windows on the World with Gary Ansdor. Many of you will know Gary from Hosanna Christian Fellowship in Bellflower, and another one which uh, I record, it's called Inside Hollywood, with Tim Hathaway, who worked at Calvary Costa Mesa with Pastor Chuck for 32 years. So, um, uh, But I am just so impressed with what is going on here. So you started off with four programs. Mm -hmm. Tell us about today. I mean, you, you have these astonishing figures, and I'd be interested to know how you know those figures are accurate. Well, um, we pulled the uh, demographics down from Google Analytics, so um, they are right. They're 100% accurate. Um, we started out, like we said, we launched that day with four broadcasters. Today, we have 70 to 75. Right now, as I'm speaking to you, I'm very honored, to, and my audience is um, my director from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I have to say that slowly, you know. And give us a name. <laughs> Sherry Deball. And her show is called Equip. And a very fine pastor, teacher. Um, you can find her show on the Holy Spirit Broadcasting Network. Dynamic woman of God really explaining the scriptures and bringing in... Uh, tremendous men and women of God in interviews. Mm. We now have seven 
television studios around the globe. And <clears throat> she runs that, and we're expecting huge things uh, throughout 2018. We uh, are, have a studio in the Philippines, outside of Manila. Our smallest studio is in Belfast, Ireland. Um, our newest one is in Toronto, Canada. Um, I'm trying to remember if I've covered all of them. I mean, God is. You have you have one in Phoenix, I understand. Oh yeah. <laughs> How can I forget? It's our largest studio, uh, Phoenix, actually in Mesa, which is a suburb of Phoenix in uh, hot Arizona. Tremendous, tremendous, doing fantastic. And you regularly drive all the way from Orange County to Phoenix. That must be quite a, a journey for you through the desert. I go once a month out there to um, go out and fellowship, check on everything, but they're doing a fantastic job. And I go more frequently to other places if they were closer. <laughs> but uh, I told Sister Sherry from Saskatoon, I think I'll wait until spring when the winter is over because it gets <laughs> 40 below zero up there. Now, you went over to Africa on a mission trip there and nearly died. First of all, you were a target for the Al-Shabaab terrorist group, I understand, and your team, and then you got a terrible sickness. Tell us briefly what happened. Well, we went to two places, the first week in Kenya and the second week in Zambia, and uh, Pastor Sherry sitting here was also in our accompaniment. We took 10 broadcasters. Now, that in itself was a feat because you have to remember, we didn't have any money. And 30 days before this, um, we were believing God and praying, and we had worked. And a lady came to my front door, found her way to my house. We needed $17,000. She showed up with a check for $20,000. God had been miraculous all over the place. So off we went to Kenya, and um, they were calling in bomb threats uh, every day to the church. I wasn't aware of that at first, and they tried to keep it a secret for me. Um, but God was good and gave us the favor of the police. Then we saw El Shabbat line the streets as we drove to the, the field where we were holding the open crusades. So I turned the amplifiers, a couple of them, toward them so they could hear what they were withstanding. <laughs> and I asked the Holy Spirit to to arrest them. In my language, I said, Holy Ghost, sick them. <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, you were not killed by the Al-Shabaab group, although they've killed many Christians there in yeah. that area of Kenya. So then you go on to Zambia. And uh, things go well for a while, but then you get extremely sick. Um, tell us about this illness. I was out beside preaching in the church. There was a wonderful uh, church. We went to a lot of home meetings, uh, ministering and teaching. All of us did. And um, the house I was at had over 100, 120 people there. And then they were nice. They wanted to serve us dinner. And we were told not to eat the food because being from the West, um, we might have difficulty. Me uh, and uh, my director, young um, um, Katie, forgot. But my wife didn't. She didn't eat, but Katie and I did. 
The next morning, Katie became deathly sick. And the next day, so did I. Um, I went to see her in the hospital only to be admitted and put in the room next door to her. Wow. Well, things got even worse then. They they moved you to another hospital uh, and uh, in the capital, and eventually you were evacuated out. You, in, in many ways, I understand you. Uh, it didn't look like you were even going to survive this. The doctor on the second day, I was so delirious, but I clearly heard him when he told my wife, we don't understand what he's got, but his uh, lungs are bad. His hot blood pressure is off the charts. His heart is bad. His liver's not working. His pancreas is shutting down. And he just continued. And I spoke up and told my wife to get me out of here before they bury me. <laughs> well, I'm glad to say that uh, Andrew has made quite a recovery. And uh, we're recording this in the studio in Orange in California here. And um, we've just actually done a program where we interviewed uh, Andrew Bills, me and uh, Gary Anstel. And um, we just want to say how amazing that God would use a former homeless man who then becomes a target for terrorists <laughs> and nearly dies in Africa. So I just want to thank you so much for being on the program and uh, if people want to watch or listen to the programs, what's the website? Our website is hsbn.tv. And I'm also proud to allow, uh, announce the launching of our brand new magazine. God had uh, instructed us to launch our magazine both online and in, you know, the physical magazine. And it is called Global Fire. The fire represents the moving of the Holy Spirit around the planet. Global Fire. And we're taking this planet for Jesus Christ. Um, I told the devil he might as well move to Mars. We're taking this for the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank uh, uh, Andrew Bills. Uh, HSBN.TV is where you can uh, watch the programs. Andrew, thank you so much for being on the program. God bless you, Dan. It's a pleasure to be on your program once again. You have been listening to Front Page Radio with international journalist Dan Wooding. If you would like a free subscription to the Assist News Service, log on to www.assistnews.net. And if you would like to write to Dan, send an email to assistnews at aol.com. Tune in again for another edition of Front Page Radio on this same station.